know what? Let's just do something this morning. Just grab the hand of that new girlfriend sitting next to you. She may be a new girlfriend. She may be a, a, an existing, I won't say old, an existing girlfriend. <laughs> but let's just pray for each other this morning. Father, we just love you. We thank you for your presence here in this place today. God, we've come to meet with you. And right now we just open our hearts wide to you. We just pray for that one on the right and on the left. Father, God, whatever they need in their life today, speak clearly to them. And Father, we open our hearts for each of us individually. We open our hearts wide to you. God, and say, speak to us today. Father, have your way in our lives. God, may nothing hinder what you're saying to us. Holy Spirit, show us where there's areas in life that we need to make adjustments so we can become more and more like you. Transform us by your word today, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. All right. Well, God has created us to love. We've been talking about it the last few weeks. He's created us to be carriers of his love. And so we've got to have that fresh, daily revelation of his incredible, amazing, extravagant love for us. It starts with experiencing his love. You know, we talked about the verses from Matthew 22, verses 37 through 39. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. But if we start there then we can get caught up in work. So we've got to love the Lord with everything that's within us. We've got to love our neighbors. And we work so hard. But if we start with receiving God's love, His amazing, extravagant love toward us, letting it infuse every part of our being, then His love compels us to love Him. When we realize the reality of His incredible love, we can't help but love him. We can't help but let it flood through us to love others. And that's his plan. We need to be women that daily have that fresh revelation of his amazing love toward us, that we don't grow cold, that we don't grow numb to the reality of his love. It's easy to do. We can easily say, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I've heard it before. God loves me. Jesus loves the little children of the world. I know God loves me. And it can just become a nice thought and a nice sentiment in our minds. But we've got to live in the daily fresh revelation of God's extravagant, extreme, uncontrollable love that abounds toward us so that we can love others as he wants us to. And So we've been talking about what that means to love our neighbor. Who is our neighbor? And we've said our neighbor is really anybody that we encounter, anybody who we come across, those very closest to us and those that are just a new encounter, someone that we're just meeting for the first time. So last week and the week before, we said our neighbor includes our husbands. So we talked about loving our husbands. But today, I want us to talk about Loving others who are close to us, who we have close relationship with, our families, our friends, those that we have other relationships that are close in our lives. Let me ask you some questions. How many of you think that it would be absolutely awesome to just be so 
eloquent and always have the right divinely inspired words to speak into others' lives in any situation. You think that would be pretty awesome? How many of you think it would be awesome to be able to speak God's word with such power and clarity that it just brings insight and revelation to those close to you, those around you, would just cause light bulbs to go off for them? How many of you think that would be pretty awesome? How many of you think it would just be awesome to have that amazing faith that we say to a mountain, jump, and it jumps? We can see miracles happen, not just in our lives, but in the lives of those close to us. You think that'd be pretty awesome? How many of you think it would be awesome to just be amazingly generous, giving away what we have to help meet needs in others' lives, being a blessing, making a difference in the lives of those close to us? That'd be pretty awesome, wouldn't it? Well, let's listen to what the Word says about those very things. And just listen as I read these verses to you from the Message Bible, from 1 Corinthians 13. It says, If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, but don't love, I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. If I speak God's word with power, revealing all his mysteries and making everything plain as day, and if I have faith that says to a mountain, jump and it jumps, but I don't love, I'm nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor, And even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So, no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I am bankrupt without love. So often, we want to have just the right words to speak into someone's life. So often we want to be the one to bring revelation, to turn their life around, to turn their heart, to change their lives. We want to have such great faith to see miracles happening in the lives of those around us, those that we love. We want to be able to do great deeds to make a difference in others' lives, which is awesome. Those are great things, and we should absolutely desire those things. But we've got to recognize that without love, those things are empty and powerless. 1 John 4.16, it says that God is love. Therefore, love is his power at work, first in us and then through us. We can have the right words to say. We can do the right things. But without his love, they are empty. They are powerless. They are unfruitful. But flowing out of his love, they are powerful. They're living and they bear much fruit. You know, it's not about being great philanthropists, doing good deeds, being known for our good works. We can have just the right words. We can do great things. But it's the love of God that breathes life into those things, that actually produces miracles, that will bring eternal fruit as a result. We've got to have the love of God flooding through us into the lives of others around us if we want to live the life that God created each and every one of us to live. You know, so often 
It's those close to us, those who are very closest to us, that we have close relationships with, that we most desire to see miracles and amazing things happen in their lives, isn't it? We should. (laughs) Yet, so often, it's also those who are very closest to us, those who we say we love, that we treat the worst. That we take out our frustrations, our weariness, even our irritabilities upon. So, I feel like this morning, the Holy Spirit has a question for every one of us. That he wants to ask us and wants us to ask ourselves. How are we loving Ask yourself, how am I loving? The Word gives us really clear guidance of how God asks us to love in 1 Corinthians 13. But you know, if you've been raised in church, if you've walked with God for any time at all, most likely 1 Corinthians 13 is a very familiar chapter, a very familiar passage of Scripture. But sometimes things can become too familiar. And we just kind of skim past those things that are very familiar. Oh, yeah, I know I'm to love as God loves, love unconditionally. Okay, yeah. And we go on our way. We don't stop and take time to look through what is the word saying to me today? How do I need to love today? And so I really feel like God's wanting us to just get a good reminder today of what he's saying and how he instructs us to love. And so we're going to walk through these verses in 1 Corinthians 13, and we're going to take them from the Message Bible. And starting in verse 4 through verse 7, we're just going to take it line by line. We're going to look at them, and we're going to see, okay, how do I apply this to my life Today. We're not just going to skim past them as we can do sometimes, but we're going to take each line, say, how can I apply this to my life? And then we need to examine our lives and say, now, how am I doing in this area? How am I loving? You ready? All right. A few on this side of the room are ready. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> in verse 4. It starts out saying, love never gives up. In the Amplified Bible, it words it like this. It says, love endures long and is patient. Anybody ever have anyone in your life try your patience? (laughs) Every day, she says. (laughs) We all come across people who can try our patience. Sometimes it's those in our home. (laughs) Sometimes it's those in close relationship with us. But sometimes we can want, our flesh can want to just give up and say, I'm done. I've had it. But we need to be open to the nudging of the Holy Spirit. Is he asking you to keep loving, to keep reaching out? Is he saying to you this morning, don't give up? You may be the one person in their life that God wants to use. 
And you know what? It's probably not going to happen overnight. It's that consistent loving. You see, when we let God's love flood through us, it's not our love. It's not a human fleshly love. It's God. He is love. So it's his nature, his power working through us, flooding through us into that person. And it produces miraculous things in their life. It's his power coming through us. We've got to recognize that and recognize we don't have to do it in and of ourselves. It's not talking about our own fleshly love. So when we feel like, I don't know if I can love that person again today. (laughs) Okay, maybe you can't, but God can. And his love is in you and wanting to flood through you. But we have to allow his love to flood through us to not give up. And then it continues there and says, love cares more for others than for self. You know, the Bible talks a lot about preferring others, putting others first. But what does the world say? The world says, look out for number one. Take care of yourself first. But that's contrary to God's ways. God says, prefer others. Recognize the needs and desires of those close to us, those around us. You know, sometimes we can become blind to those closest to us, to what they're going through. Maybe we come home at the end of a very full day and we're so consumed with what happened in our day and how it's affecting us and what we have going on and how exhausted we are and all the things we have to do still before we go to bed and all the things on our to-do list. Do we stop? And recognize what's going on in others' lives. And sure, we may ask, how was your day? But do we really listen? We may hear them talking, know they're saying stuff, catch a little bit of it. Okay, great. But do we stop and recognize what they're really going through and how that might be making them feel, how that might be impacting their lives? We need to care about what they're going through, care about others, recognize where they're at, and love them right there. It continues in 1 Corinthians 13 and says, love doesn't want what it doesn't have. In the Amplified, it words it like this, love is not envious, it doesn't boil over with jealousy. Are you ever envious of what others have? Maybe things? Maybe relationships, could be anything. But you know what? Envy prevents us from loving. It prevents us from preferring them. But I remember one time I had just an incredible financial blessing come my way. And I had a close friend who was really going through some extreme financial challenges. And She was so incredibly, genuinely happy and excited for me. And do you know, that spoke volumes to me. That meant so much to me. That spoke so loudly about her relationship with God and her security in God. And we've got to recognize how we respond to people is revealing our relationship with God to them. It's revealing God. It's revealing how much of his love we've 
received into our own lives, how secure we are in his love. How do we respond to others? Are we carrying around that envy? Are we focused on what we don't have, looking at what others do have? We've got to be so careful about getting focused on what we don't have because all that does is turn our eyes inward, turn our eyes towards ourselves. And that's exactly what the enemy wants because if we're focused on ourselves, how can we possibly be seeing others and loving others as God wants us to? How are you loving? It continues on and it says, love doesn't strut. It doesn't have a swelled head. In the Amplified, it says it like this. Love is not boastful, conceited, arrogant, or inflated with pride. So maybe you're sitting there thinking, oh, okay, I'm good on that one. I, I do pretty good. I don't have a big head. I'm not real prideful and arrogant. Well, let me ask you a couple of questions. Do you ever think your way is better? Your way is the right way? Do you ever have a bad attitude and want to keep that bad attitude because you feel totally justified in having that bad attitude? That's arrogance. We need to be willing to let go of that so that we can love as God's called us to. Do you ever consider yourself more spiritual than others? Maybe more spiritual than even some in your own home? Ever think you can hear from God better than they can? Hmm. Ladies, we need to be so careful because pride, this is what happens. Pride, it's like a shield that goes up around us that love cannot penetrate. So we might think we're, we're going to set out and love those around us. But if there's pride... Love just bounces off of it. Love can't penetrate through that. We've got to be so cautious against pride in our lives. And then it goes on and it says, love doesn't force itself on others. It isn't always me first. In the Amplified it says, it isn't rude God's love in us doesn't insist on its own rights or its own way. It is not self-seeking. It's so easy to want our own way, isn't it? Anybody ever want your own way? Oh, you are so not being honest in this place. (laughs) Come on now. You ever want your own way? Of course. That's our fleshly nature. I wonder what we would hear if we put a recording device in our homes. What about me? When are you going to do this for me? I want, I need, I, 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 I. (laughs) Hmm, just food for thought. How often do we argue and fight for our own way? It said love is not rude. How often... Are we just plain rude to those closest to us, those who we say we love? 
It is amazing to me how within families we can speak so shortly, so abruptly, so rudely to each other at times, taking each other for granted, becoming so familiar with each other. Well, they just know. That's the way I am. They just know I'm not a morning person and I'm grouch in the morning. I'm rude in the morning. They just know. The love of God should be flooding through our lives at all times. It's in us at all times. So what is the deal? We just say, well, right now I'm just zipping up the zipper on the love. No, don't want you to come out right now because I don't feel like it. Oh, okay, I had my coffee. I'm doing good. Okay, love, you can come out now. And then later on, I'm a little stressed to zip up the zipper. The love of God is in us. God is love. He wants to flood through us at all times. It continues there in 1 Corinthians 13, and it says, Love doesn't fly off the handle. In the Amplified, it says, It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. Since we're being honest in this place this morning, anyone ever fly off the handle? All right. (laughs) Anyone ever a little touchy or a little overly sensitive? Not women. No, never. (laughs) You know, when we're fearful or when we're resentful, it causes us to be especially touchy, causes us to fly off the handle easily. Let me ask you, when someone in your house or maybe in your workplace asks you, asks, asks you to do something extra, how do you respond? Do you ever fly off the handle? You know what? If we do, that's usually a pretty good indicator that we're resentful of what we're already doing and some adjustment needs to be made. And maybe it doesn't even take anyone asking us to do anything. Any cabinet slammers in here this morning? (laughs) Ever been cleaning the kitchen thinking that the louder you slam, the cabinets are going to get people off the couch and into the kitchen to help you clean that kitchen? (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) If we're flying off the handle, if we're holding a short fuse, it's a good indicator of what is going on on the inside. Because out of the abundance of the heart, does the mouth speak? Or you could say, does the hand slam? (laughs) And that is like a blaring alarm to us. When we fly off the handle, when we feel ourselves having a short fuse, that is a blaring alarm going off saying, honey, it's time to get alone with God. It's time to zip the lip Go in the bathroom, close the door. Instead of taking it out on anyone else, get alone with God and talk to him. Receive his love. Let him help us make adjustments where adjustments are necessary. Because adjustments are regularly necessary. Did you know that? 
We all need to be growing. And if we're growing, that means we're continually making adjustments so that we can grow, go forward, become more and more like God. God's love is in us. As his children, when we enter relationship with him, he comes and he dwells in us. His love is in us. But our behavior has the potential to be the zipper or to be the cork or however you want to phrase it that prevents his love from pouring through us. How are you loving? The next thing it says there in 1 Corinthians 13, the love doesn't keep score of the sins of others. It words it in the Amplified like this. It says it takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Wow. Any scorekeepers in the room this morning? (laughs) You don't have to raise your hands on that. (laughs) When someone close to us hurts us or makes us angry, has it ever been like a button is pushed and everything they've ever done to irritate you comes scrolling across the screen in front of you? When we're consistently looking at the past, looking at things that someone else has done, looking at their sins, their offenses, their transgressions, how can we love in the present? How can we sow seeds for our future? And when it comes to relationships with those especially close to us, we're going to encounter many opportunities where our flesh would like to highlight someone else's sin, something someone else has done, where our flesh would like to highlight our suffered wrong, our hurt or offense. Sometimes we'd like to run to another family member or friend and let them know what so-and-so did so they can jump on our bandwagon, so they can take our side is what we're really wanting. But you know what? We've got to stop. We've all had situations like that before. I've had situations like that before. And your flesh wants to run and tell somebody, but I've had to stop and say, okay, now what is that going to accomplish? Before I open my mouth, what is that going to accomplish? And I've had to stop and say, that will only stir up strife. That will only create more division. That will only make matters worse. And generally, that's all that happens is we end up making matters worse. When we just want to make our flesh feel good, we end up stirring up strife and making matters worse. We've got to ask ourselves, what is it going to accomplish? And stop and bite our lip before we say something we regret. So what do we do in those situations? Because they will arise we will encounter those situations first we need to go to god and i think we need to just come to him and ask him father is this a molehill 
that my flesh wants to make into a mountain? Is this something I need to just let slide off my back and let it go? And very often it is. And if so, we just need to give it to God. We need to surrender our will, what our flesh wants to do. We need to surrender that to God. Recognize his incredible love for us. How much he loves us. When we've blown it, when we were the worst sinner, he loved us so unconditionally. Can we not let it just slide off our back and love someone else? In Proverbs 10:12, it says, Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sin. But then sometimes there are those situations that do need to be addressed. So what do we do with those? After we've talked to God about it, if we feel like, okay, this is one of those things that really is a big deal and needs to be addressed, we can absolutely do that because God's given us instruction for how to handle that type of situation. And we need to handle it as he would and as he instructs us to. Do the scriptural thing. First go to them. And try to resolve it in love, speaking the truth in love, going to our brother, trying to resolve that conflict. It is not going to resolve the conflict if we go to that person, say, okay, I'm doing the scriptural thing. And then we go and say, I can't believe you did this. What are you thinking? And we just blow up at them. That is not going to be very productive. (laughs) What is that going to do? It's going to Put them on the defensive. It's not going to accomplish anything fruitful. But when we go in love and they hear a heart of love and they know that we're speaking to them out of love for them, love uh, for wanting to protect and keep and guard this relationship, that causes hearts to melt. How we deal with others, how we communicate needs to be in a manner that lets the power, the love of God flood through us. And then there will be occasions that they still don't here. So we do the scriptural thing. We take someone with us. But we always need to be following God's plan, God's instructions, making sure that we are definitely not following the guidance of our flesh because that will absolutely 100% of the time get us in trouble. And if we're just out to air someone's dirty laundry and let others know about their sin, we are bringing destruction to that relationship. In Proverbs 17:9, it says, He who covers a transgression seeks love. But he who repeats a matter separates friends. How are we loving? 1 Corinthians 13 continues there and it says, Love doesn't revel when others grovel. Takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. In the Amplified it says, It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but it rejoices when right and truth prevail. Have you ever had a difficult person in your life? Wow. (laughs) Okay, there we go. (laughs) Sure, we've all had challenging relationships in our life. 
But if we ever get a little bit happy when things don't go so well for that person, that is not loving that person. How can we love them if we're sitting back saying, well, see, that's what you get. Somebody who does that, that's what's going to happen to them. How can love flood through that kind of attitude? We are not to revel when others grovel, when others are going through a hard time. If we rejoice in their hardship, love cannot flood through that. That's like trying to mix oil and water. It does not work. In difficult situations where there are two sides, do we really want truth to prevail in those situations? Or do we want our way to prevail? And so often we can get our eyes so fixed on our way and blinded to thinking our way is the right way. Our way is the true way. But we've got to keep a pure heart before God. If we're going to love like he's called us to love, like he loves us, we've got to keep pure hearts and come to him and say, Father, I give my way to you. I want your way in this. I want truth. I want righteousness, justice to prevail. We've got to keep pure hearts so we can love. So the love of God that's in us can pour forth through us onto others' lives. It continues and says, love puts up with anything. Wow. Anything? That's what it says. In the Amplified, it says, love bears up under anything and everything that comes. Ladies, it is possible to love regardless of circumstances, no matter what the circumstances say. It is possible to love. Now, there are occasions where we need to set some healthy boundaries in place, where we love from a bit of a distance sometimes. We are not talking about putting ourselves at risk or in a position for abuse, but recognizing that whatever does come our way, God's love in us can always, 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 always love through it here's the key we've got to remember that no matter what no matter what god loves that other person god loves us totally unconditionally in our worst place in the worst sin he no matter what he will never ever stop loving us and we've got to realize he will never ever Stop loving that other person. He loves them. And remember, it's not our love that he's asking us to love with the human love. He's asking us to love with his love. So we can sit back and say, okay, God, I may need to have some healthy boundaries in place here for my safety or whatever the case may be, but help me to see that person as you love them. Help me to have compassion as you do on this person. Help me to love as you do. It is possible. But I love that it follows it right up here with the next line that says, love trusts God always. Because when we choose to love through everything, through any situation, we are not saying 
I'm putting all my trust in that person. There is a difference. What we're really saying is, God, I'm putting all my trust in you. Does that make sense? There is a difference. If we love like God's asking us to love, letting his love flood through us, we can trust that he will take care of us. We can trust that he is with us, that he will never let us down for a minute. We can trust him completely. He's not asking us to put all of our trust in that person. He wants our trust to be fixed firmly in him. And then it continues and says, love always looks for the best. In the Amplified it says, it is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Do we ever expect the worst based on past experience? Sometimes it's easy to do that. But how can love flood through that? I love being around people who always believe the best in others, who always give people the benefit of the doubt. You know, when you're around people like that, it kind of shines a light bulb and reveals to you whether you're doing that or not. It kind of shows off whether you are expecting the worst or expecting the best. So if we choose to be women who are always believing in people, always expecting the best, you know what? It's going to cause others to rise up and want to expect the best, to believe the best, to give others the benefit of the doubt. There is so much power in believing in people. Those around you, those in your family, those who are close to you, do they know you believe in them? The love of God, it's his power in us. He wants it to flood through us, to believe in people. When people know that they're believed in, it causes them to want to flourish, to thrive. The love of God is so powerful in us, and it will produce so much in others' lives if we just let it flood through us. Is it flooding through us in believing in others around us? How are we loving? And then it says, love never looks back, but keeps going to the end. You know what? God's love toward us never, ever, ever ends. It doesn't remember our past, and it always leads us into our future. And since his love is in us, then it should be flowing through us to always love others. Always, 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 always. Never digging up their past, but loving to lead them into their future that God has for them as well. And then 1 Corinthians 13, it continues in verse 8. I just want to read this to you. It says, love never dies. Inspired speech will be gone, will be over someday. Praying in tongues will end. Understanding will reach its limit. We know only a portion of the truth, and what we say about God is incomplete. But when the complete, speaking of Jesus, arrives, our incompleteness will be canceled. 
When I was an infant at my mother's breast, I gurgled and cooed like an infant. When I grew up, I left those infant ways for good. Are we still holding on to our infant ways of demanding our way, seeking our best interests, or are we willing to grow up? I love the verse Cherie shared with the offering this morning. He's calling us to grow up, to be ladies that let go of things he's asking us to let go of, to make adjustments where adjustments are necessary, and grow forward into all that he's called us to be. Verse 12, we don't yet see things clearly. We're squinting in a fog, peering through a mist, but it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright. We'll see it all then, see it all as clearly as God sees, knowing him directly just as he knows us. But for right now, until that completeness, we have three things to do to lead us toward that consummation. Trust steadily in God. Hope unswervingly and love extravagantly. And the best of these three is love. God's love is supernatural. It is extravagant. And he wants to pour that extravagant, supernatural, powerful love through us onto others that we encounter every day. We're going to be talking about those outside our immediate sphere of influence next week. But today, thinking about those close to us, in our homes, our relationships that we have, our friends, are we letting that supernatural love of God flood through us onto them? God is love, and he is expressed in this world to others by our loving. That's how we express him to others. That's how others see what he is like through us. What is our behavior revealing about God's love? You know what? I think that even this morning as we've gone through these verses, the Holy Spirit might be just speaking to different ones, just pointing out little different areas where we need to make adjustments. And you know what? That is an awesome thing because he loves us. Our Heavenly Father loves us so much that He so gently, so lovingly brings correction and just shows us, hey, sweetheart, you know what? Let's make a little adjustment here. Let's make a little adjustment there. He wants to mold us and shape us more and more into His image. So we've got to be really careful that we don't say, oh, great, I'm a failure. I blew it there. I'm not loving here. No, He loves us so much that He wants us to become more like Him. So we need to see that as a wonderful thing and say, okay, Father, and I thank you that you don't just throw me out there to figure it out on my own, but you show me and then you've given me the Holy Spirit as my helper to help me every step of the way. I want to grow daily. We've never arrived as long as we're on this earth. Don't you want to grow and be molded and shaped more and more into his image, loving more and more like he's called you to love, ladies? He wants to do so much through us. We've just got to let him do it. Let's pray. Father, right now, God, I just know that that you're just...